hello and welcome to the Eating Disorder Therapist podcast. This is a podcast to help you find peace with food and overcome disordered eating. And I'm Harriet Frew, aka the Eating Disorder Therapist. And I'm so excited to be sharing with you all kinds of stories, tips, information and guest interviews to help you on your journey in finding peace with food. So thank you so much for listening today. Now today I'm speaking to Charlotte Sidaway, who is a yoga teacher from Soul Sanctuary Yoga Studios based in London and Worcester. Now we're in lockdown, I do believe all their sessions are now on Zoom. Charlotte found yoga through struggling with an eating disorder between the ages of 17 and 20 years old. Charlotte is now 24 and has made a complete recovery from anorexia nervosa. And she found that yoga completely transformed the way she felt about her body and also really helped to untangle the eating disorder thoughts in her mind. Charlotte is a passionate advocate for using yoga in eating disorder recovery alongside more traditional treatments such as therapy and medical interventions. So I'm really looking forward to hearing more about Charlotte's story and how yoga has really helped her on her journey. Let's get to the interview. Hi, Charlotte. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Hi, thank you so much, Harriet. So, Charlotte, could you tell us a bit more about who you are and what you do? Yeah, sure. So, I'm a qualified yoga teacher. I've been teaching now for about five years. And I did my training during my first year of university summer holidays. And I now work with an amazing small group of teachers and a team at Soul Sanctuary Studios, which is founded by my friend, Laura Clayton. And we have a studio in Worcestershire where I've lived most of my life. However, now all our classes are now online, unfortunately. We offer teacher trainings. And what I personally focus on is the outreach business. So it's bringing yoga to the wider community. So that might be offering corporate yoga sessions and well-being seminars for employees or teaching private sessions or small groups, working for schools and pupils and teachers, basically just making yoga accessible to everyone and anyone essentially. I never really thought that I would actually pursue a yoga, like yoga as a career. I felt very unsure about what I wanted to do career-wise. I knew I loved yoga, but I felt I needed to use my degree, which was in fashion marketing. So that was obviously very different. And I felt really lost as to where to go next and quite depressed about it, really, when I graduated. But I kind of decided to follow my mum's advice, actually, and just take a bit of a break after I graduated. I'd worked quite hard at university and I thought maybe this time I didn't need everything absolutely mapped out straight away. So during that time of kind of being in limbo after I finished my degree, my friend Laura had her own yoga studio, Soul Sanctuary. And she offered me the opportunity to teach community classes, which were free classes to basically just gain teaching experience. And I also helped with other things here and there with the business. And Laura gave me a free pass to all of her classes at the studio, which I thought was amazing at the time. This is where I completely immersed myself in the practice of yoga. I learned so much from Laura. She's an incredible teacher. And... I just knew that this was a passion that could help so many people as it helped me. And I just knew I wanted to continue to share it with as many people as possible. 
Mm. Well, sounds fantastic. And it's just really exciting, I think, to, you know, hear you talk so passionately about yoga. And, mm. you know, it's obviously something that you really love. And I just really enjoy and kind of like, you know, teaching others, reaching out to others and spreading the word about all the yeah. great stuff yoga can do. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of one of those things that you just get so hooked on, you know, it changes your life mm-hmm. so much. And once it does that, you just want to spread the word. Like you say, like to as many people as possible, you found this amazing thing that can really help people and you want to share that. Yeah. Sure. No, fantastic. So Charlotte, you initially sort of got into yoga, you said like at your first year at university. Hmm. And I understand as well that you'd sort of had struggled with an eating disorder, had you? And was that kind of, you know, what sort of happened there? Were they, were they sort of two linked in terms of you starting yoga in your recovery? Or can you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, so I developed anorexia. That was my eating disorder, anorexia, at about 17 years old. And I suffered with the illness for about a year and a half to two years. I'd never been too worried about my weight or what I looked like. I was always quite active and in sports teams at school and everything. I had an amazing group of friends all through school. So I think when I developed this illness at 17, it was quite a shock to those who knew me. It was only until after I had recovered from anorexia through practicing yoga regularly that I actually understood the root of why I had the illness and where it actually stemmed from. So I suppose when you think of the root of it and kind of how the illness came about, my parents divorced when I was eight years old. And at that time, I didn't really understand what was going on. And I kind of adopted the role of being the strong one who'd always try to be easygoing and happy and keep the peace. But this led to me being totally, just totally numbing all of my emotions to what was happening. This was my complete coping mechanism with it all. And, you know, we all have different stress responses. Some people fight back. Some people want to run away and flight. And I just froze in all the chaos and arguments and kind of put on a front that I was okay with everything going on. And I felt a huge responsibility to make sure that my sister was okay and she was going through a lot at that time as well and that my mum was okay. And I was just really missing seeing my dad also. So between the ages of eight and 17, I kind of did this coping mechanism thing really well. But the problem is when you numb yourself emotionally on a frequent basis, you kind of disassociate from the moments that you're in. And my body would be there, but my mind was somewhere else completely. And I knew that there was lots that I couldn't control through those years as well. I couldn't piece my family back together. I couldn't ensure that my sister... And mum would always be fine. I also couldn't control the process of not seeing my dad that much. And on top of all of that, eventually, I suppose around 17 years old, I couldn't control all my blocked up emotions that kind of needed to be heard and let out. So that's where my eating disorder that I've eventually come around to understanding actually stems from. And I guess it was a way that my brain reacted to suppressing that suffering you know, all these different types of eating disorders and addictions, kind of labels to describe a way of coping with suffering. So for me, I needed to gain control and distract myself from pain that I'd been keeping within me, I suppose. And it kind of bubbled over the top around 17 years old. My self-worth was really low because I couldn't really express what I was feeling. I didn't want to cause any more 
hardship for my family and I developed anorexia from there. Mm. So interesting Charlotte and um, you know I think it's you have incredible insight actually in, in talking about you know your under, sort of psychological mm. understanding of the illness and was that sort of helped by did you have sort of therapy or anything at 17? Yeah so it kind of came to a point where I decided I needed help and then that's where you can kind of move forward from there. I'd had some CBT counselling kind of through my teenage years but that never particularly targeted the eating disorder itself and it came to a point where I had to leave school, I had to stay at home and I was losing a lot of weight, I was restricting my eating a lot, losing weight very very quickly and I needed to go and see a eating disorder clinic and have sessions there. And I absolutely hated it. I kind of, I denied the whole process, really. I think a lot about having an eating disorder is about denial and you have to admit to yourself that you do need help and there's something wrong to move forward. So when I did that, I did go and have sessions. I found that in that process, I don't think I made my biggest progression there in those sessions, personally for me. It might have been my mindset towards it. I was very anti-going. You know, I'd be measured. I'd have my weight measured every week. I would have to fill in food diaries. And that was the kind of process for it. So it felt like it was more of a monitoring my state rather Mm. than kind of digging deeper and understanding, well, why am I having these behaviors? Why, why, where has this come from? Mm, sure and so at what point then did the real that kind of real insight come for you where you really started to make sense Mm -hmm. of the deeper issues yeah so well there kind of came a point where I was about six and a half stone and my periods had stopped for months and I think it was either my nurse or a doctor who told me that my fertility in the future could be affected permanently I wouldn't be able to have children My hair was thinning a lot. I was kind of freezing cold all the time. I was told I couldn't play in team sports. I didn't see any friends. I couldn't sleep properly. You know, all these Mm. horrific kind of effects that happen that people don't often understand that is the result of an eating disorder. And I just felt like I'd completely hit rock bottom at that point. And if I'd carried on how I was and how I was behaving, I'd just lose everything that I cared about and everything I wanted in my life. So something switched inside of me at that rock bottom point. And that made me admit to myself that I had anorexia, this condition that I'd never really even heard of before. And I needed to do something about it now. So I suppose it's just hitting that really dark place that gives you that leverage to need to change. Mm, sure and then and then when you sort of hit that rock bottom place then as well like were you still sort of having therapy or what sort of you know were you getting any external support from anywhere at that point yeah I think before I hit that turning point I definitely still been having the sessions at the eating disorder clinic and like I said it felt more like a monitoring rather than kind of really getting to the deeper level of why this was happening So it's actually at that rock bottom point where I decided, okay, I need to do something about this because I do have a problem and I actually want to get better. It's not needing to get better. It's actually deciding you want to for yourself. And that's when I 
decided to start yoga, actually. It was something my mum suggested to me because I couldn't play any team sports. I wasn't at school, wasn't allowed to go to the gym, you know, and my mum suggested just trying a yoga class. And I never thought much of yoga at that time, but I thought I'll give it a go. And that's the kind of point where everything really, really changed for me. Yeah, when I started doing yoga. Mm, sure. So how did, how did yoga really help you, do you think? Kind of what, what, what was it about yoga that really sort of just, you know, mm-hmm. helped you with your recovery? Yeah, so when I did my first yoga class, I actually found it really incredibly frustrating. I went in and I was really weak and just exhausted all the time, especially in that class. And I'd pretty much lost all my muscle and I found it really, really challenging. But there's something so special about yoga. You feel like you've done something positive for your body, but the benefit hits you on so many levels. I think deep down after that first class I tried, even though I found it physically exhausting, I sort of intrinsically knew that this was something that is actually going to save me. Something lit up in me. And after a few classes, I felt like, I could actually become aware of my body again. I could understand how my body felt and what it needed. And I enjoyed the small progressions that I began to see in my practice as well, that constant work that it takes in yoga. It gave me another Mm. focus completely. And I wasn't the eating disorder patient. I was just me doing my yoga on my mat. And I could lose myself in the process of being so focused on the poses and the sequence just listening to the words of the teacher, becoming aware of my breath, which I'd never done before. You know, you don't even think about how you breathe and what it feels like to breathe, which is really, really powerful in connecting your mind back to your body. So on one level, yoga helped me develop my strength back, but on a much, much deeper, more powerful level, I connected my mind back to my body again. And I think that's the key with eating disorders it's realizing that you're kind of one whole being and it's bringing your mind back to the present moment and back to being within your body and it sparked in me a new love and appreciation for my body and what it can do and I wanted to take care of it I wanted to fuel it and I also learned that I could accept and let go of everything I was holding on to from the past like psychologically yoga is an incredible incredible practice and I've done so many counseling sessions in the past, but nothing's ever enabled me to process my difficult emotions and kind of shine the light on the real root of those feelings like yoga has. Mm. It's so fascinating, isn't it? That It just sounds like it's helped on multiple levels, hasn't it? Yeah. You know, with the physical side of it and that kind of progression and focus, but then that kind of deeper connection with your body and then also the kind of the mental well-being side, you know, in terms of really, yeah. yeah, focusing on those deeper emotions. So how do you think as well, like, can you explain like to the listeners a bit, like how, how does that work in terms of you yeah. being, yeah, really sort of tune into that, really maybe some of that kind of deeper pain and to be able to work through that? Yeah. And to be honest, I never knew what to expect with yoga. I think my mum thought, oh, maybe this is a way she can relax a little bit. And I think... <laughs> That's often what people think with yoga, like, I'll go to a class just to like relax and, you know, chill out a bit. And yeah, that is part of it. You do leave often from Mm -hmm. a yoga class feeling very relaxed and just generally better. But 
I think, I don't know whether yoga like just really does click with certain people with certain past experiences, or I was just lucky to have brilliant teachers and it was just sort of my recovery process. It just worked for me. But I just really do believe that through yoga, you can learn to notice your thoughts. You learn to notice what kind of thought processes you're having. Mm. And it empowered me to kind of work my way back to my true self again, who I was before the eating disorder took over. So it gave me that space to kind of just reflect and to become aware of what's really going on inside of me and to not judge whatever comes up because that's really important. Often we can have distressful thoughts or, you know, think back to bad memories and we can criticize ourselves for that or get frustrated or upset. But we, in yoga, we just kind of reflect and accept whatever shows up for us which definitely takes time to practice that. But when you can, you just become your observer of how you're feeling mm. rather than being in the feelings. And it took me about a year to fully recover with practicing yoga at least three to four times a week. It was absolutely essential for my recovery, definitely. Sure. You know, I think it's so interesting, isn't it? Because I think, you know, often the root of eating disorders is in some way not feeling good enough and have. Mm-hmm losing touch with yourself losing touch with your voice you know having become so tuned into the external and you know yeah, yeah losing touch with your body and it's it's so interesting isn't it because like, it sounds like as well like yoga I guess just is really creating that sort of slowing down and that space and that kind of commitment isn't it to really work on your inner world and also the fact that you were probably doing it like three or four times a week you know I guess that's you know when people have therapy often it's probably for like 50 minutes a week isn't it or something it's really interesting I guess as well just kind of you know just hearing about your experience and you know that kind of commitment and the work of going inwards and yeah how that really helped and that's what basically is the fundamentals of yoga is going inwards it's giving you the space to not distract yourself from your feelings you know you can't have some different behavior that allows you to ignore what you're feeling and kind of fulfill a need in a different way. You just have to, you're just there. You're almost forced to listen to how your body's feeling, to what's going on in your mind. You know, a great teacher in a class will prompt you to reflect on what's just come up for you, or you notice your way of being in yoga and you notice certain thought patterns. You notice if you're very self-critical you notice if you push yourself too hard, you notice if you doubt yourself, you know, you might go into a challenging pose and think, I absolutely can't do that. I've never done that before. I can't do that. So you don't even try. Or you might be that person who pushes themselves so hard or gets competitive with themselves or other people in the class. You know, I see it all the time. And you notice your natural way of being. And through that process, you learn about yourself. And I think when you have an eating disorder, you're so detached from yourself. You almost have this other mind that's controlling everything you're thinking about and every action that you take and everything that you want to do and want to control. And I think yoga does just give you that space to think that maybe I don't have to control things like that. Maybe I could have a different way of being or I don't need to be so self-critical. And actually, my body is quite amazing to do this practice. So, yeah, I just think it's a very, very powerful 
powerful tool to help recovery for eating disorders, but also just for anyone in general, really. Mm, yeah, no, it sounds it. And how did you find as well, Charlotte, as well? Because I guess initially, you when you're kind of doing that deeper work and going inwards and becoming more self-aware, it's kind of more within the, the yoga sessions themselves. But I would imagine then as well, you probably become very good at being your own observer just in daily life. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Did, did you sort of find Definitely. that kind of ripple effect? No, 100%. Because even though the work and the thoughts and the reflections are going on in the class, on the mat, you train your brain to rewire in that way. So mm. off the mat in your day to day life, you might have certain feelings that come up and your brain will naturally kind of step back from that and think, okay, where's this coming from? Or could I think of that a different way? Or is that really true, what I'm thinking? And I think that's why consistency of the practice is great because the more you can train your brain and rewire your brain to think differently, you take that thought process and that, that mindset off the mat into your day-to-day life. That's definitely what I found. That's why yoga isn't just a physical practice to get bendy. You know, it's, it's a whole yeah. lifestyle. It's a whole mindset. Mm, sure so would you find as well like say if you'd like already done your yoga session for the day but you're perhaps mm. struggling a bit mentally with just whatever life throws at you would you even like perhaps do like some meditation without the yoga or would you would you you know if you really kind of felt you needed to kind of put yourself back in that helpful space like you know would that be something that you would do because it sounds like quite a meditative experience almost yeah. when you're doing the yoga yeah definitely well Actually, only one eighth of your yoga practice is the poses, is the actual sequence. And there's a lot to get into there, which I won't get into. But yeah, if you think of your whole yoga practice as just one eighth of it is physical, like is the physical poses, is your down dogs, is your up dogs, all of that. That's just one eighth of your yoga practice. And so you think, okay, well, what else is the rest of it? What, what else is there in yoga? And a huge part of that is meditation meditating is part of yoga and it's something that yes you can do at any time you need to and I think it's often overcomplicated overcomplicated and you know you can just if you're feeling stressed if you're feeling like you're having negative thoughts or if you are suffering with an eating disorder if you notice those behaviors sort of coming to a head and those impulses are coming up again just taking a moment to recognize that, to step back, maybe take a seat and close your eyes and just breathe. Mm. That's essentially all meditation is. Meditation is just closing your eyes, being still, being in silence and noticing any thoughts that crop up. It's not about not having thoughts. It's just about Mm. noticing what shows up, being aware, being curious about that, and then bringing your awareness back to your breath. That is the process of meditation. It's quite simple, not easy because yeah. our mind always wants to keep busy and is always talking to us and is always thinking ahead and thinking in the past. But that's essentially meditation. And it's something that is so easy to tap into. It's completely free. <laughs> you know, it's so mm-hmm. easy to do and really, really powerful. Mm, sure. No, well, thank you for sharing that. And in terms of the type of yoga you do as well, Charlotte, like I'm mm-hmm. sure another whole massive conversation but in terms of you know the type of yoga that you do at the clinic is there a sort of specific types I know they're like multiple different types of yoga aren't there yeah there's 
there's a whole load of different types of yoga which when I started yoga I didn't even know how much there was that you could get stuck into but yeah they're just different styles that deliver a kind of a different style for you different types of intensity more restorative classes there's powerful classes there's 90 minute classes there's yoga nidra which is essentially translates to yogic sleep so it's like a deep meditation where you can kind of close your eyes and do a like a body scan relaxing your whole body so there's such a spectrum of the styles of yoga that people can try and I definitely don't think there's sort of one specific style that's right for a certain type of person or someone with an eating disorder. You obviously have to be careful not to over-exercise yourself if you do have an eating disorder, like anorexia, if you are struggling with your weight. You do need to be careful there that you don't always do your kind of intense, high-power 90-minute classes. But I would suggest it everyone to just try different styles because there might be one style that you kind of don't click with or you might try a different style of yoga that you absolutely love so you've got to explore a little bit try everything out and see what suits you personally I really love the kind of what is called vinyasa yoga power vinyasa yoga which is quite challenging stuff. You know, there's lots of intricate poses there that are quite challenging and it's quite fast paced but I love it because you can just get messy. You can fall over. You can have a go. If a pose like comes off well, you know, that's exciting. That's fun. If it doesn't, it doesn't matter. So it's about dropping that perfection and just mm. giving it a go. And that's kind of what I love about yoga. Mm, sure. And I guess as well, if people, I know we're in funny times at the moment with COVID and everything, but yeah. as well, if people like are wanting to kind of start yoga as well like is there somewhere you would kind of because I guess people just put it into google but is there kind of like a kind of guide of like where to look or do you know what I mean in terms of like finding the right thing for you sure yeah I mean it, it can be quite overwhelming when you see a full class schedule of a yoga studio and you think I don't even understand what that word means so at Soul Sanctuary we kind of have this scale which is like if you want chill these are your classes. If you want challenge, these are your classes. So we kind of differentiate that by what you need, not necessarily your ability, like your experience level with yoga, because a complete beginner can have a fun time and go for it in a, you know, vinyasa 90 minute class and see how it goes. But naturally start with beginners classes. If you are a beginner, that's probably where you will learn the fundamentals. And most studios do have a yoga basics or a beginner's class, but don't be afraid to just have a go at anything because what's the worst that can happen? You know, it's just, Mm. I think there's a lot of barriers to entry with yoga because people think that they have to be a certain like a certain age or a certain gender or body type or fitness level or whatever it might be. That's absolutely just not the case. Anyone can do yoga. Anyone can do any style of yoga. And it really is that inclusive. So anyone who's interested to try it, just go for it. Just book into a class. Maybe start with a yoga beginners or yoga basics or a slow flow something like that but just don't be afraid just give it a go Mm. well thank you for that Charlotte because I think as well it's just great to hear your passion for it actually and it's definitely got me a bit intrigued because I've never really done yoga myself before but you know it's so great to hear about, about, about all the benefits 
So Charlotte, how do you work today? Like obviously yoga is a huge part of your life and in terms of your mental and physical well-being. But what other things do you sort of prioritize in terms of keeping yourself well in that kind of holistic way? Yeah, sure. So I personally love to do just simple things. Like I do practice yoga often. That's kind of like my must do at least, you know, at least in the week, ideally a few times a week. But certain other things, like I find journaling really helpful for me personally. And again, it's a very cheap, effective way, accessible way to look after yourself. It's a brilliant way to just get any thoughts out your head onto paper. And I do that often at the end of the day. Sometimes at the start of the day, if I want to kind of set certain tasks to get done, more of a practical journal, in the evening it's more of a reflective process. But I find that really helpful. I walk my dog a lot. I find that's really helpful, just getting outdoors in nature, especially now, just get outdoors, breathe in the fresh air as much as you can. Mm. And just connecting with friends as well and family. I think I'm very much a person who likes to connect with people. So I found this time with COVID and isolation really quite challenging. And I'm so grateful to actually have my yoga practice to kind of keep me okay during this time because I love speaking to people so I speak to my friends often I phone my mum a lot that really really does help me a lot mm, mm. sure so it sounds like yeah you've got lots of kind of good practices and, and particularly like I'm being connected and nature and yeah and of course yoga yeah and pets pets are brilliant aren't they what kind of yeah. dog do you have I've got a working cocker spaniel uh, he's oh. called Loki oh yeah I'm very <laughs> grateful for him during this time it's great <laughs> yeah oh has he got loads of energy a lot of energy yeah <laughs> if ever I'm feeling a bit sluggish he will jump on me and give me like a little smile and then we'll just go for a walk and it always helps oh does he jump on you when you're trying to do yoga <laughs> all right he's got to be in a different room when I do yoga because <laughs> he's just all over me so sadly he has to be put away <laughs> Just like scratching at the door. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He wants to get involved, but sadly he can't. Oh. So Charlotte, what do you think as well we can do? And again, it's like a huge question, I think, isn't it? But what can we do to like support young people better as they're growing up to have a better relationship with food and their bodies? Yeah, I mean, well, there's so much we can do and so much that we absolutely need to do. I think firstly, and most importantly, we need to generate more awareness around eating disorders and help people understand more about them I think like when I had my illness my mum who was kind of my main kind of key carer at that point really didn't know where to go and I think there just isn't enough kind of conversations like this that just opens up the story of eating disorders and I think generating more awareness more education around it is really really important and getting to the root of the condition as well is really, really important. Not just seeing it as losing weight, just understanding the psychological why behind it is so important. I think that there's a huge amount of pressure to look a certain way, to act a certain way, to fit a particular mould, which really isn't helped by filtered, perfected content on social media. But mm. I believe we have to encourage younger people kind of make their own mark and be who they want to be to celebrate their own individuality in a way that they look and also what they strive for in life so the message that young people should be receiving is you know you'll be loved and accepted unconditionally 
you know, you don't have to look like this. You don't have to behave like that. You don't have to do this certain career path. And just that acceptance of whatever's kind of natural for them and whatever they want should be accepted instead of striving for unrealistic body types and, you know, lifestyles. I think that's really, really important. And that's not just for like younger girls. Often it seems like eating disorders are labeled on younger girls, but boys and men suffer Mm. just as equally. So yeah, just breaking down the barriers to understanding what an eating disorder is and where they can come from and having better resources available, I think is so important. Mm. I think great tips there, Charlotte. Thank you for sharing those. So now I'm just going to ask you a few quick fire questions, which the listeners always like. (laughs) So what would be your last supper three course meal? Okay. Well, I love food. It's really hard. (laughs) I love cooking. Okay. I don't, I don't think these really go that well together, but starter I'd have calamari. I think I love calamari. I think it Mm. reminds me of like European holidays. Love calamari. And main, I would go for a slightly spicy, like a prawn tikka masala, lots of mango chutney and mm. a naan. And dessert, I'd have to go for an apple crumble and custard. I love it. It's the best. Mm. Yeah, no. So they don't really go together, but I'll go with that. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> okay. And do you have a favourite quote or mantra? So something that really hit me in my yoga classes when I started was trust the process and that's something that I really struggle with because I I like to be in control with things I like to have plans and sometimes you can't be in control of everything a lot of the time you can't be in control of everything there's a lot we can't control so just hearing like trust the process just accept that whatever's happening now is happening for a reason you're on the right path you're exactly where you need to be trust the process yeah, it's definitely something that I try to live by now. Mm, sure, and I love that. And can you tell us something about you that may surprise us? So, well, I've got this little arrow that's tattooed on my left wrist. And I got this when I was 18, midway through my recovery, actually, which my mum was really horrified at when I came home <laughs> and had a tattoo. And I got it because for me, it represents being drawn back to move forward like an arrow is. And it reminds me all the time that we grow and progress from our hardest challenges. Mm, Sure. Oh, thank you for sharing that. And I'm sure your mum has come to accept it now, has she? (laughs) I think maybe a little bit. I think she kind of (laughs) likes the meaning, but she'd probably prefer if I had a necklace or something like that instead. (laughs) (laughs) So Charlotte, where can people find you as well if they want to find out more about you know the work you do personally and also just yoga you know your yoga work sure yeah so our soul sanctuary instagram is soul underscore sanctuary underscore studios so there you can kind of keep updated with all our live classes if you want to join classes we also hold workshops as well so yeah soul underscore sanctuary underscore studios is our instagram or our website www.soulsanctuarystudios.com Or you can email me directly if you've got any questions or want to know more about yoga and eating disorders, email at outreach at soulsanctuarystudios.com. 
Okay, lovely. Well, thank you for those, Charlotte. And I'll make sure they all go in the show notes so people can come and check you, you out and, you know, get in touch. Thank you, Charlotte, so much for coming on the podcast today and for, you know, sharing your story and your passion for yoga. And, you know, I think it's just so helpful, really, you know, just ha- and how you've shared your, your insight and your understanding. So I really, really appreciate it. No, you're welcome. Thanks so much. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you. So I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode just as much as I did and do go and check out Charlotte's info in the show notes. If you're not following me already, do seek me out on Instagram at The Eating Disorder Therapist and for regular blogs to your inbox, do sign up at rethinkyourbody.co.uk and if you sign up for the free body image leaflet, that will get you on my mailing list and you will receive those regular weekly articles. Thank you so much for listening today and I look forward to sharing another podcast episode with you very soon. Mm-hmm.